you manifest what's going on in your heart. You manifest at the deepest place of your consciousness and what you actually believe. Not what you believe surface, what you want to believe, what you want people to think you are. You manifest what's in your heart. This is Supernatural Business in Times of Crisis, the podcast. I'm Andrew Montesi, and I created this show to help empower and equip you to take on the impossible in business. This isn't your average business podcast. In the midst of a global crisis, I interview powerful leaders who will take you deeper, revealing how to operate in business from your position of power in God's kingdom, in faith instead of fear, helping you advance in adversity. There's supernatural breakthrough available for your business and your life today. Hey, Andrew here. Thanks for joining me. Now, I really believe that Christian Duval carries something in business that few people do. As a passionate entrepreneur with a full career in the business world, Christian CV is as good as anyone. She has qualifications in engineering from Stanford University and an MBA with distinction from Harvard, and has launched several brands, including premium beauty company Ayer Lux and snack food business Naturally Cravables. But it is Christian's kingdom understanding of business that is truly revelatory which she teaches through Bride Ministries International. Founded by Christian's husband, Daniel Duval, Bride is an incredible global ministry that supports and equips people in advanced spiritual warfare, deliverance, and inner healing. Now, Christian doesn't simply just talk about biblical principles in business. She talks about business from the perspective of the spirit realm and what that means for your true God-given identity and purpose. Christian talks about this as well as how to transition into kingdom business and her own process and journey, building a God-given business idea in the spirit, responding to crisis, and much more. And check the show notes for links to tap into more of Christian's teaching on these topics. Now enjoy the interview with Christian Duval. Christian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Now, I'm keen to know what's happening for you and Dan at the moment. How's business, ministry, life, what, it look, what does it look like? Yeah, it's so interesting. So we're, we're taping this in the middle of the corona quarantine all around the globe. And um, we actually, this happened and landed in the United States right when we got back from Australia. Literally, the, we got back a week, everything was normal. And then this corona thing hit the United States in a really big way. And for us, uh, nothing has really changed at all. Because our everything that we've done in our ministry for a very long time, has been um, corona-proof. So um, before Daniel and I actually got married, right, you know, we were, I think we were dating at the time, he started our, our church. It's a completely online platform, completely online church. And at the time, everyone said, that's not real church. You know, you have to be in a building, right? So uh, four years later, you know, we look pretty smart because our operations, everything was the same. So um, we've our, from a ministry perspective, everything we do is online. Dan does all of his coaching and counseling online for the most part. We have Bible studies that meet through the week online um, from people all over the world. We have prayer groups that meet three to four times online. And then our church live streams everywhere. So that has been so consistent. Um, we have an office here that Daniel and I work out of because we wanted to move everything from our home. And... Um, that's just going, uh, my business is online, you know, sell online. And so it's been really great. Uh, one cool thing that has kind of changed is because of the corona, which is obviously not a great thing, a lot of co- companies and corporations have pulled back on advertising in Facebook platforms and Instagram. So it's really allowed um, RLux, which is one of my businesses, to really start figuring out customer acquisition a lot cheaper than it would be in other cases. And so I've actually used this opportunity to really get inside the market and really start playing with some new marketing tactics. That's awesome. Has has business been affected in any way for you? Mm. Actually, no. Um, it seems the more, the, the, to me, the trajectory of the business goes kind of like this at this stage because it's kind of still in the infancy stage. The more I pray, and um, do warfare in the spirit, the more things get pushed through. Um, but no, it actually hasn't affected it. And, and these new marketing things we've put into place has actually been really effective. And so it's actually been going pretty well. There is one business that I have, which is a food business, that has been affected negatively. 
because we were trying to do a farmer's market strategy. I don't know if that you had those in Australia, yeah, but we they're did. just, you know, farmer's markets are. Okay, so we started that strategy, and then the week after we, we launched it, Corona hit and everything's closed down. But the good news is, is that the farmer's markets are really a summertime activity, and I think by May and June, everything will open up, and so it's going to be it's going to be. Okay, that's good. So interested, interested to know what the Holy Spirit has been talking to you about through this period. Uh, you know, my guests have had some really interesting perspectives. What have you been picking up on? What are you seeing? What are you feeling at the moment? Yeah, it's interesting. One thing that, that I believe about this moment is that it's in, intensely complicated and that I don't think there's any one person who has the full revelation about exactly what is happening. I think that if your listeners are want to figure it out, you're best uh, in figuring it out by listening to a number of people you trust and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you on exactly what's happening because I nor Daniel or anybody I've heard really has the whole piece. So I just want to put that out there as a caveat. The first thing that Daniel and I got is, is uh, really just this insane amount of peace about this whole situation. I feel so um, protected in almost like a bubble. Our finances are having shifted. The, the ministry's finances haven't shifted. Our businesses haven't shifted. Um, we're just an extreme amount of peace about our own ability to contract this thing. We're just not living in fear. And I think, and I think that that's in a response to, I think, one big part of this agenda is from the enemy, is that it's to incite fear and anxiety. I think that, um, you know, Daniel brought this out, that he believes that there's, it's a test that um, the powers that be are actually trying to test the system and see how they can stress test in, in human domain what happens when you put these certain factors up, what people buy, what people do, how long can you actually keep people under a threat condition, and what that does to a group of people and to the world. Um, and so this is just our, our feeling is that this is not the last time this is going to happen. This is actually a test for something that could be much larger. I will say that I do not believe this is the judgment of God. I believe we serve a gracious, loving, caring God, and this isn't the way he judged. When he judges a, a nation, when he judges a city, he judges it by the condition of the church. So if the church is pre preaching that this is a condemnation of the world, then, you're not, then we're not doing our job as a, as a body of Christ, right? And so um, the righteousness of the nation and how God deals with it is all based on the righteousness that are in that nation. And so I do not believe God is judging people and killing people in the back of this. I think it's a complete demonic um, attack on the enemy. And as the people of God, we have to be even more discerning about the times and what God is speaking, because I do think that um, God is going to use this. And I've heard a few people say this, and I do think this is right, to begin a transition of wealth, to, be, to, to keenly position people into their place of authority and power, and um, to keenly position the sons of God to a place where, um, they are really, really set up to, you know, manifest in, in the earth. So that's, that, that's what I believe, and that's only for those who choose to take up that mantle and that call. Yeah, that's really good. To, to maybe go back a step slightly, I'm interested to know how you and Dan process with the Holy Spirit when a challenge or a crisis or, or something hits, because... What I love about what you guys do is you have a, a real way of getting to the truth of the matter, and I mean the real truth. So how do you yeah. guys how do you guys go about it? Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Um, we are both deep thinkers, and we actually have slightly different methods, but we both talk together and come back together and, and, and arrive at a place where we understand what's really going on. So a couple tips that everyone that's listening has at your disposal. But um, there are things that Daniel does that gets him into insider information that most people won't have at his disposal. So I'll talk about what Dan does and then go on to some other things. So number one is Dan's uh, clients that he sees are um, often very high-level, satanically, ritually abused, high in the Illuminati, my, you know, uh, government project type people. And so because of that, if you ever want to get to the bottom of what the enemy is doing, you want to talk to the people who are implicated in those plans. And so um, he'll hear something from the Lord or get a revelation in prayer about what is going on or something comes up in a session. And he, like a scientist, he's running through that. And, and if he creates a prayer for it, 
or tries to deal with it and see if it's in someone else, see if it actually, if addressing that actually gets a breakthrough. I'll give you an example about this in a second if you'd like. Yeah. But if it gets a breakthrough, then there's fruit. And if there's fruit, it's truth. Because there's a principle that God will never heal based on a lie. So if you, if you actually address something, no matter how wild it is, and there's actually breakthrough and someone is getting healing as a result of it, you know God's in it. Can I give you an example? Yeah. So I don't know if, you, if your audience um, has listened to much of the uh, United States press briefings with Donald Trump and Dr. Burke, who's um, a lady um, who, who's a doctor on a task force for the corona. Well, she's getting up there, and Dan and I are watching this, and we're seeing her doing this crazy, crazy blinking pattern. And it's almost like Morris code. She's just blinking four to five times as much as everyone else on the stage. Uh, more than, and we're like, something's off, something's not right. And we're both like, something's going on with this. This is really, really creepy and very disturbing. Well, that's your signal that maybe something is right beyond there. Um, well, come to finale, gets in session, and she's doing a sacred geometry. And what she's doing is almost acting like an antenna array to like incite fear and anxiety in the people. And um, he was able to shut that agenda down and stop that from happening. And you saw her at the same press briefing the next day, and she was blinking normally and hasn't been doing that since. So that's an example of what it's like. For me, another way that um, I get, obviously, is in prayer. Obviously, is through revelation, asking God, what's going on here? Um, what should we be looking for here? What are you speaking about? One of the things that is that most people do uh, that I, I want to challenge is most people look at a situation like Corona and they, and they pray about it and say, God, what is going on with Corona? It's nothing wrong with that. Another thing to do is to go into prayer and ask God, what's on your heart? What are you thinking about? That's good. And you know what the interesting thing was for the first few weeks, God was not speaking to us about Corona. That was not on his agenda for us at, in those moments. And what that let me know was that that was not where we should be focusing our time. Because that's not on our scroll to try to get to the bottom or figure it out in that time. But when it started going on for a few weeks, then we started getting things from the Lord about what's actually going on. Right? And so he reveals, he reveals secrets to his friends. And so he'll tell you, this is what's going on. It's a test. And we... And we challenge what we hear from the Lord with what other people are hearing from the Lord because, you know, we're, we're infallible and, you know, we, we don't always get everything right. We are fallible. We don't always get everything right. And we're just getting really consistent stories about what it is. Another thing I would say that everyone can do is I actually do look at mainstream media and sources that I don't necessarily agree with, and I look at sources that actually I know are um, not godly because, they are, they think that they're, they're smarter than they are, and they actually forecast what they're doing. They forecast their plans. So I listen to Bill Gates because I want to know what he's doing because he actually will tell you. And he says, I want to vaccinate the whole world with this corona. So I say, okay, that's one of the, that's one of the agendas of the enemy is to actually put things in this vaccine because they want to use this as an excuse to vaccinate the whole world, Right. Right, and so then you find out what they're doing with the vaccine, vaccines, and so you go into the alternative news spaces and you see that they call this corona, this next iteration of the corona vaccine that they're working on. Do you know what they call it, Andrew? What the mark? The mark. They're calling it the mark of the beast. Oh goodness! I'm not saying it is the mark of the beast. I'm not actually saying this is. I'm just saying that's what they're calling it. Yeah. So then, if you put these pieces together, right? What's happening in prayer? or you're getting with, you know, um, survivors and their implication, what you understand about what they're forecasting and actually telling you they want to do, and then um, if you go into a little bit of the alternative news space and understand, you get a fuller picture of what's really going on. And it's much more vast, and it's much more complicated than um, anyone ever knows. And so the person who says it's just 5G um, and it's not a virus, the people say it's a virus and it's really, you know, Anybody who's giving one of those points doesn't have the full picture. And um, that includes me. I don't have the full picture, but I know it's incredibly complicated. It's, yeah, it's really well put in terms of, yeah, I just really like how you describe how you go about it because at the moment there is so much information, misinformation, um, that ability to filter to the truth of what God is saying is just so critical. And I, you know, I even think, um, you know, for listeners who have a, a, a business angle here on this show, 
the truth about um, not just what's happening, but what God is saying about us and our purpose, I, I think is so critical. I mean, do you have any thoughts about that in terms of um, being able to, to stick with what's on our scroll versus, um, you know, all of the circumstances that are, that are thrown at us? Yeah, that's exactly it. Because, um, I, so the Lord, Lord said something to me, um, I think it was last year about, you know, there, he said, I'm sick of my people praying for favor for things they have no actual interest in doing anything about. We want so much favor, but favor is associated with service and doing the work. If you read the Bible, there's no favor really without someone doing something. Yeah. And so God's saying, you want favor, but there's no place for the favor to rest. Because favor is in service. And the same thing, you know, I talk a lot about you know, Christian is being, Christians being some of the most spiritually gluttonous folks on the planet because we want revelation, revelation, prophetic words. We want prophetic insight. We read books. We go to conferences. But what are you doing with any of it? So let's just say you get to the complete bottom of what's in Corona. What is the response from heaven is so much more important than what you know about it. Or what are you planning to do about it? Buy more rice and beans? And, 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 you know, trade stocks, or are you actually going to address the spiritual underlying mechanism that is empowering this beast system, right? So the question is, I don't, we, don't, we shouldn't just seek knowledge for knowledge's sake. We should seek it for the um, express purposes of confronting the kingdom of darkness with, with heaven's agenda, right? And so if God is not revealing something to you in that, then that means that it's not on your scroll. And we do, we do have access to, to more knowledge, right? But remember, we're in a kingdom, right? And, and, and kingdoms are not led by your passion and your curiosity. Kingdoms are led by the king. And so he, you get ranked. There's ranks in the kingdom. So generals know more than privates. So if you have not really been faithful over the things that God has called you to do, which is a purview that is this wide, why do you expect that you're going to get the complete download of corona when even if you knew about it, you couldn't do anything with it anyway? So if you're a business person, listen to this, you know, um, if it's something, Corona is something that's regarding to your, your purview in your business, ask God for that insight. But if God's not speaking to you specifically about something there and you're actively seeking him, stick with what he's saying and go for it. Because no matter what's going on with Corona, what he's saying to you is most rele- relevant to you in that moment. Yeah. That's, is that kind of, yeah, is that so helpful? Good. Yeah. yeah. Now that's, that's spot on. I guess further to that is um, these type of situations, any type of crisis um, can be a refining period for a person who um, who may think they've got, got their, their life and their business and everything mapped out and then they go through a shaking period and realize, oh, maybe, maybe this isn't my purpose or maybe this isn't on my scroll. I was interested in your story that I was listening to on one of your podcasts recently where you know, you were, you had that New York life, you were, you were heading down a, down a path and then God says, no, nah, I'm going to set you up with a, a season of service in Texas. Oh. How do you, I think this is a really important story for people who may be hitting this transition right now and they're going, wow, actually life is going to look very different for me from this point onwards. Can you maybe yeah. talk us through that from your perspective? Absolutely. So I was in um, New York working at a, uh, a retailer, and I was working 15, 16, 17, 18 hours a day, six days, seven days a week, and um, met Daniel. And I knew that that job would come to a conclusion I, I, it, for a whole host of reasons. It, it wasn't the right fit, but I didn't exactly know what was next. And when I met Daniel, it was very clear that the Lord was calling us to Texas, and I was in New York City. And so we really had to, I knew I was going to have to shift to, to Texas. And um, I was not interested in kind of sitting on the sidelines and reevaluating, but I knew I needed some time to do that. So I kind of got to Texas and spent some time really reevaluating my priorities, my values, what I was doing with my life and where it was going. And um, when actually Daniel got that word that I was sitting and doing a season of service, and when he said that, I was quite frankly incredibly 
offended. Like, you think I am did all this stuff in my career so I can sit around the house and cook dinner for you. I'm just going to be honest, right? And cook the dinner and, like, clean the floors. Are you kidding me? You know? You know how much money I made? You know where all my education, how much I spent? You know, it was just, it was like a moment, right? I really had a moment. I was offended by that word. I thought it was so interested for him. I was like, I don't even really receive this in Jesus' name. I rebuke it and cast it down. And uh, I was not really here for it, you know? And, um, but then I, I realized how, um, how God wanted me, that I, I had been living a life that was business on one side and, uh, you know, professionalism on the other. And that the place of power that God really had me was to be a spirit being and a kingdom operative that was doing business. And the things that were in the way of that was um, my own ability that was supplanting faith and that was actually taking um, a position um, that God wanted to occupy. Moreover, I was trading in um, my talents and skill sets and things that God had given me as an inheritance for the security of the world and the status and the prestige of the world. I was actually making a trade, not explicitly, but implicitly. And so when I realized that was going on and that I, wouldn't, I was not going to operate in disobedience and be a backdoor for our family, I just decided to kind of sit with it. And, and honestly, it was kicking and screaming a lot. I mean, it wasn't like this, okay, I'm just going to, you know, submit to this. It was a constant slow process of submission and freaking out every three months and then going back into submission. It's, like, yeah, it's, just, it's not like one of these, you know, like it is in the movies. It's just like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Okay. But during that time, the Lord gave me a lot of lessons. And I have a, a class called Building Kingdom Businesses. And a lot of that stuff I learned during that time of, of service and submission. And in that time, I actually helped a lot with Bride Ministry and get it to a stable place of what a lot of things that you see now. I was working on at that time, and um, so it wasn't, I wasn't doing anything, but it was completely different, and it was unpaid, right? So I'm sitting here unpaid and had a completely different space, and, and so that was a, a, a tough transition, but I learned a lot. I got a lot of revelation. I learned how to partner with wisdom, and um, I started to detoxify from the thinking of uh, that. I, a lot of things that I learned in business around success and metrics of success and value and, and actually how to lean on to the wisdom of God and not my own wisdom to make decisions and get things done. So, yeah, I mean, you, you can ask as many questions as you like, you know, about that or anything else. No, it's so good. I mean, you, you mentioned that you're yeah, not getting paid, but you actually invested as well. Like, like you, I think you, I, I heard you say on a podcast, you put money in, not only, not only weren't you getting oh, paid. Yeah. Oh, you mean it's a bride. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, through that period. Yeah, like we were, we were sewing like crazy. Um, it was a period in which, you know, the ministry completely dried up and we were, you know, really trying to float it because, I mean, but um, here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about giving. Um, when the storm comes, he is so our provider, right? We live in a financial bubble because the resources of heaven become our resources when we need them. So when other people are in drought, you can actually live in abundance and overflow and because your, my, our finances are completely hedged and protected. And so are the ministries because we sold in times of famine when it wasn't comfortable. We, we sold as in response to obedience when people weren't looking, right? And that creates this protection where we, we walk in complete peace. And while other people are retreating and trying to save cash, we're investing and figuring out where to deploy our assets. That's amazing, and that's just—I think—that's a an awesome message for for our listeners out there at this time. I guess um, flowing on from your story, I'm I'm interested to know what what your thoughts are on like how how can we recognize our true destiny, our purpose in God? Because I would imagine you know I've been in this position where like I hear what you're saying, but but how do I how do I go and find this out for myself? Um, particularly when I come to this point now where I'm like, wow, what I, what I thought was, uh, being set up in my life, maybe that wasn't, maybe that wasn't it. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, I teach this, uh, as a part of my, uh, class 
And the Lord told me back in 2016, I am trying to deliver you, and I want to deliver you from slaveship to sonship. So the first step is, the, um, is, is making that transition from a slave mentality in which you identify, slaves identify based on what they do. Sons are identified based on who they are. And you'll always hear a slave's language because that, that they always lead with their value, what they think is most valuable about them. And it usually starts with, I'm in sales, or I'm this, and I'm the CEO of this, or I run this company, and I do this or that, versus a son will always give you who they are. I'm a father. You know, I, am, you know, I love basketball. I love whatever. The identification is in that. And so what he said is, you know, you have to move from slaveship to sonship. Because um, sonship is required for identification. So I'm, I'm, you're asking a question. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a practical thing. You know, you could take this and you, you can go through these steps. Why? Because without identification, because you get sons get their identification from their fathers. And so, if you are operating as an orphan, you you can't be a son. And if you are not a son, you don't have identification. Why do you need identification? Because you need identification in order to receive your inheritance. If you don't have a piece of paper that says, I am an heir, I, my name is Billy Joe, and I actually am a son of, J- of Jesus Christ, in this case, who died for us for an inheritance, you can't receive an inheritance. So identification is required for inheritance, and inheritance is required. It is the endowment for your purpose and your destiny. And so we get everything completely wrong. We think that if we slave hard enough, we will, we will be able to reach our destiny. But the truth is, is that once you move into sonship, a sonship gives you an identification. The identification gives you the provision, which is the endowment that you need to live your destiny. It's a completely different way to look at it. So for those who are struggling with the in-between, I would challenge you, where are you on that spectrum, that journey? Where are you on um, transforming your mind and understand where you sit and fit in the kingdom of God? Okay? So once you get to that place where you have identification, you understand your inheritance, and now uh, it, it gives you the power to walk at your destiny, then you're at the place where you can start reading your scroll. Because the problem with us is we have so many ID issues that if, we, if, if Jesus himself told you your scroll, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't. You'd be like Moses at the burning bush. You couldn't. You'd be arguing with God about who God's saying you are. Yeah. I find myself doing that, right? You're kind of having an argument with God. No, but I'm just a mere man, and I stutter. How do you tell me I'm going to be the one to speak to Pharaoh to say, let my people go? What do you mean? We're challenging the scroll. And so oftentimes, I, I want to say that oftentimes when people say, I don't know what I'm called to do, I don't know, I feel lost, may I submit to you that you actually had a glimpse at that scroll, you're challenging your scroll. You actually are arguing with God about who God says you are. And that means you need to go back to the step of making that transition into sonship and, and, and understand identification and who you are. Then you can be prepared to receive your inheritance and be empowered to move the destiny and start reading that scroll from a position of identity. Is that helpful? Oh, so good. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um, I mean, that's, yeah, that's transformational stuff that you're talking through there. So, um, and you teach that. So that's, yeah, I think people need to be signing up and, and um, go into that in a lot more depth because, yeah, I just think that's so powerful. I mean, you touched on it, but one of the, one of the barriers is we're so um, conditioned to our our current set of circumstances and what what we're living through at this point in time. Again, in your story, uh, when I was listening back to it, you were talking about being programmed at Harvard Business School, and I guess that many of us, as we're coming through this transitional period, we are programmed into into our existing set of circumstances or where we've come from, our history. Can you maybe talk us through that and, and, and what that means uh, if we're in that type of condition? 
Yeah, sure. So, and, you know, it's not a dig at Harvard Business School. I enjoyed my time there. You know, um, everyone's programmed. If you watch Netflix, it's called a pro. I mean, you watch TV, it's programming, right? That's what they call it. Um, if you are in school, you are adhering to a course program. So um, it's not in a pejorative sense, but uh, one of the things that the Lord had told me to do when I was on this journey of really trying to reconsider how to do business, how to do life, he said, you have a lot of false mantles on you. And I said, okay. And, and he asked me to renounce and take off of these false mantles in prayer. And what I was taking off were things that if I told you, you would say, that sounds amazing. Why would you, you know? But it wasn't that they were bad mantles. They just weren't God's mantles. They weren't things that God ordained to put on me. And I had to take them off because they were pronouncements by friends, families, people who cared about me, professors who said, you're going to be the next Oprah. You're going to be this or this or that. Nothing bad, but that's very different than the scroll that God has for me that may look crazy. It may not fit the world's standard of success, but do I want his highest and best, or do I want what other people would have, right? And so getting back to, um, we're talking about being programmed at Harvard, um, one of the things that was there is, um, and again, it's not bad. Every time, single time you set in a case, you were sitting, reading a case as a protagonist. And the case is, you're the CEO of this company. This is going on. Sales are down. You know, um, your marketing team is, you know, telling you to do this. The, the technology team is telling you that. What would you do? What would you do? Based on the information you have, which is always going to be incomplete, what would you do? And so the part of the programming is that you are going to be a CEO or a key decision maker inside of a corporation making these hard decisions that affect not only the lives of the people in your company, but vendors and people in the industry and folks around you. You are the leaders of tomorrow. You are the top, the cream of the crop, top one, 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 such percentage point, and you will be making the decisions that affect people's lives, right? You, um, and they, so they program you for success. It becomes part of your identity, that you are the elite, that you will run the world, right? Um, and that affords you certain types of things, right? You are, have this incredible education, so you know more than everyone. And it's so funny because um, I probably shouldn't say this, but I was sitting with the president of the dean of the school because we all have like a breakfast, a lot of students at some point with the dean of the school, and he goes, oh, you know, people at HBS are just so great and kind. I don't know why we have a... Um, reputation of, 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 of being jerks or being, you know, you know, kind of arrogant. And I, and I just said, um, I think people are nice to each other because they're, you know, they're nice to people, other people at HBS, but how nice are you to the janitor and to people that are, you know, not at your status, well, you think it's your status level. And I don't think he really liked that too much. Wow. But um, somebody told a story right after that about how someone in the um, high banking office of Hong Kong only let them in because they were HBS. And I'm like, that's the elitism that I'm talking about. So there's an elitism that gets brewed where um, I, don't, I don't know it myself, but I, I, I know it, I see it, where it's like you go to an event and it's like, oh, what, what class were you? And they're like, oh, I didn't go to HBS. And they just turn around and they don't want to talk to you. So there's this thing, so, you, so you, you, you understand how people come out of these schools thinking you have the answer, you have the solution, you're pro, you, are, uh, you are groomed to run the world right? And success is inevitable. Like that is what you have to go for. You spend enough money in education, money is part of the deal, right? Like that's what you're going for. And um, it's not bad, but it may not be what's on your scroll. It, it wasn't necessarily what's on my scroll in the way that they saw success. And that's what I had to reprogram my heart to. Was the condition it's not towards making decisions based on something I can explain to my colleagues and friends, versus making decisions based on what's on my scroll. Yeah, that's really good. Thanks for telling that story because I think that really helps paint the picture. So I guess for, for listeners who are, who are thinking, hey, like this is, this is me, you know, I, I'm in this position, what would you recommend would be the first step to be able to start this process of breaking free? Yeah, so it's a good, good, good question. I think a lot of Christianity is uh, people trying to stuff righteousness down their soul 
as a brute will of force. I am going to be great. I am going to be a son. If I just say it hard enough, I am going to be a son. And they just try to stuff the righteousness. They try to stuff the lesson learns, the, the sermons down their throat at, by an active will of the soul. It's all really a soulish conversation because we don't understand that we're actually a triune man. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a physical body. They all have their own mind and consciousness. And we have a heart. So a way to think about it in, psycho in psychology terms is that the soul is the conscious mind, the heart is the subconscious, and the spirit is the unconscious or superconscious, right? And that's all us. Just like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all one, is all one person but three minds, we have three persons and, um, and three minds, but we're one person, right? I mean, so one person but three minds. Okay. Why am I going through that theological little thing right there? Because I submit to you that a better way to see transformation in your life on issues that deal with your belief systems is to actually go not from the inside out, um, or not from the outside in, but from the inside out. What do I mean by that? Is that the Bible says that a, um, that a, a carnal mind is enmity against, not, against God. It cannot un understand the things of God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. So, but the spirit is what is actually designed to contain spiritual truths and the Holy Spirit uh, acting in concert with your own human spirit, okay? So these are truths, right? The, the identity that you have in, in Jesus is a truth, is a, is a truth, right? There's a residency with your spirit. But even if your soul is challenged by it, your spirit is not, right? So this is the key. So... Um, those things, that, that transformation that usually needs to happen is, is at the heart level because the heart is what sits between the spirit and the soul. It's the gate between the two. It is like the peace that interfaces between both the spirit and the soul. And so if you have to say, if Christian spirit, I'm going to use me and pick on me, is fully aware of, of her identity, but the soul is struggling, it's because there's a gate at the heart that actually is the seat at which all of these untrue belief systems reside, and they are getting filtered through the heart. Wow. So then may I submit to you that the battle is not in the mind, that the battle is in the heart. And this is scriptural, because the Bible says that the kingdom of God is within you, it's in your heart and around you. So we know that the battlefield, even the battlefield that Jesus has, is to be taking up more and more territory in your heart. He saves your soul, but the heart requires a continual renewal, right? Mm. Okay. So what does that mean practically, Christian? That means that when I have an issue, and I just did this this week, where there's belief systems that I know uh, that the Holy Spirit or the Lord is challenging because it's impeding my ability to move in my destiny or move forward, whatever it is, I go into prayer and I say, Father God, you have to understand that your, the revelation that your heart is like a field, right? It's, it's actually, it's not something that looks like a heart shape. It is um, a field, a territory, almost like the, seed, the, the parable of the sower is actually a parable of a heart. You go back and read it, okay? Yeah. So, so if it's a heart, it's a field. So there can be places where there are um, thorny grounds, stony grounds, good ground, all can exist in the same heart. And so the places where your belief system resides that I am what I do requires, right, an excavating of that tree that developed there. It requires an excavating. It requires the Holy Spirit to come in. Sometimes I ask for battle axes, um, angels, um, carpenter angels with battle axes of the Lord to come in and to hack down those trees of deception and untruths that have grown in the places of my heart. Speak of it like it's a field or a farm or a forest and excavate it. And purify those places, living water, the fire of the Lord. You know, you choose whatever device you'd like, blood of Jesus, Holy Spirit, and then begin to um, reprogram that part of your heart and seed it with the truth. And oftentimes those truths come with a promise from the Lord or a promise in Scripture where you can actually say, I'm seeding, standing on this word. If you, if you had an issue with sickness and believing that God's a healer, you can stand on the, you can stand a seed in that, that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, I am healed, right? The healing is the children's bread. Whatever scriptures those are, standing on those promises that the Lord has given you. Um, so it is a process of going into prayer actively and 
when as the Lord brings up um, areas of your belief systems that require challenging, that are untruth, that are based on lies, that are um, um, unhelpful, that are not that are off your scroll, whatever they may be, look at those as incredible opportunities to go before the Lord in prayer and deal with those things. Another thing you can do is invite the Lord Jesus to rule over those places in your heart with its rod of iron. You know, if you have a fear of being alone, if you have a fear of um, success, we'll talk about some other things there. But those actually are belief systems that are lodged in your heart. So instead of me telling you, oh, just read your Bible, pray and fast and ask the Lord to take it out, you know, be convicted by it. and No, no, no. Deal with the heart. Because what I find is when I actually have the Lord deal with those parts of my heart, I don't have to try. Because as a man, right, what comes out of your heart is actually going to, because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So you're going to manifest the change if it starts in the heart. Like, I don't have to force myself into it. I don't have to force myself to think of success. And some of these things take longer. It's not like you're just, you know, some, sometimes you're going to pray. When I've been in these transitions, pray one time. I diligently go before the Lord every day until I know I have it, until that faith for that thing is there, until that thing is excavated, until my normal response isn't to respond that way, right? The, the, the Lord is rewarded of those who diligently seek him. And so you have a prerogative with heaven that if there's something in your heart that you want to get uh, cleaned out, you can go before God and ask and begin to continue to excavate those places over and over again until you see a change and you don't have to force it. You don't have to, I'm good, I'm blessed and highly blessed, and you just got this massive mask on your face because you really aren't, you really are not feeling it. And I'm a very honest person, so if I'm still in that transition process, I'm telling you, I still don't like this, Lord. This still sucks, you know, <laughs> like whatever it is, until you can actually, it's coming, emanating from a deeper place because you don't really manifest, manifest your, 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 what's going on in your soul. You manifest what's going on in your heart. You manifest at the deepest place of your consciousness and what you actually believe. Not what you believe surface, what you want to believe, what you want people to think you are. You manifest what's in your heart. And that's why some people will never be broke. And that's why some people will never have money. Because there's a poverty judgment lodged in their heart that becomes the root that, express, that, that expresses itself outwards. That's why you go to some people's house and it's a mess. Because that's an expression of what's going on inside. Um, the other thing is um, renouncing fear of success, fear of failure, fear of lack, all those things. There's a prayer on the Bride Ministries website under prayer uh, page called the Freedom from Principalities. And um, they're also in Dan's prayer books. And if I feel like there's something there, always go to that prayer and put in fear of X. And you can get deliverance on that, treat it as if it's a principality. And that also works as well. So good. I mean, that's, Yeah. Such powerful stuff there. What I what I love about it is is the next phase after having gone through that process. There's a there's a real clearing. You're talking about uprooting. Well, then now there's there's a clearing to be able to um, you know operate according to the purpose that that God's given you. And I think as part of that is um, is the ideas and, and creativity. And one thing that I love that that you you teach on is is that that process of um, refining an, a God-given idea. Are you able to just talk, talk me through that in terms of how you actually go through that? You were talking about, um, I've heard you speak about that, you know, getting a business idea and how you process it um, on a spiritual level, which is far different to what most people would do. Yeah, so the Lord taught me this, and I, have a, I actually teach this. It's actually, I think, class number three, which is going to be next week in my Building Human Businesses class. But we, I've, all, I've made all kinds of mistakes with this type of thing, right? All kinds. I made it everyone that you could probably make. And um, business is a business idea that um, you've been given. I'll just say it. If your listeners don't understand it, take my class or whatever. But I, I find that when I say this outside of certain contexts, they're like, what does that word mean? What does that word mean? What does that word Just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so businesses are incubated in the third heaven that they come from the throne. God-given businesses are incubated in the third heaven. But they are, um, I mean, they're birthed in the third heaven. They're birthed in the third heaven, 
right? God says, I want you to start a business called, you know, this. And it's going to be a gym, a, a fit, health and fitness center, whatever it is. But they're incubated in the second heaven. What do I mean by incubated? That means that um, just like a baby is incubated in a womb, your business is incubated, but it's not incubated in um, the third heaven with Jesus and, and, and where the kingdom of God is fully, fully active and alive, right? Why would you say that, Christian? Because how many of you know that once God gives you a business, that it, you never see warfare, you never see issues, there's never any attack, it's completely isolated from all of that? No, Right? The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers um, and of spiritual wickedness, wickedness in the heavenly places. So if it is a battling going on, it's, not resi it's residing in contested territory. So one big mistake that people make is they get a business from the Lord in a worship service or in something, and they say, oh, my God, I got a business from the Lord. Andrew, this is my business. God told me this, and he said this, and he said this, and he said this, and he said this, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be amazing, and it's everything, you know, I'm going to bust the world. And you don't understand your business is about the size of a, um, a bean. It's, so the smaller your business, the, the, the smaller your business is, the more ripe for destruction and abortion, and uh, not abortion, but miscarriage it has, right? The, so, if it's small, it's very vulnerable to attack. So often, and I had to learn this, um, I don't know if you ever had this. I had a business idea that I thought was really great, and I got together with a quote-unquote friend who was quote-unquote smart, and they could literally kill your business in 30 minutes. How long would it take to kill Apple? Yeah. How long would it take to kill? You could not kill Google in a conversation. Right? So because there's so much vulnerability about it, right? Because it's got so much mass and the spirit behind it. But your business is, has just been incubated. I mean, you just, it just been, it's just been birthed, and you're just offering to everyone. And how many times have we lost business ideas because people can kill it in an hour-long conversation? That's one key. So if it's, if it's incubated there, it actually exists as a realm, which means it's a geographical place in the spirit. It's like a field, just like your heart's a realm. It is in itself a realm. And the Lord was very clear to me about me that you actually have to build that realm in the spirit with Jesus. Another big thing that we do is we get a business and we just claiming the faith by faith. It's going to come and I'm going to have this business. And you hear these people talk for 20 years about this massive business and they don't actually sit and build it in the spirit first. So they have faith for something that they haven't built the substance for in the spirit. But the other thing is you can have the substance and I, you also hear people, I've been praying about this. I've got journals about this and, I've, you know, I have prophetic words over this. They have the substance for stuff, but they have no faith to actually bring it in. So here's the thing. It is, it is conceived in the third heaven. It's incubated and built in the spirit in the second heaven. And then it is brought into the first heaven or into the earth realm through your faith. You got to understand that mechanic because if you don't, you miss a step. And we... We do Christianese so well, and we think God's not faithful and God's not good because we use these things, but we don't even actually know the mechanics of the spirit world and how these things actually come to pass. And so we have hit times and we have missed times because we don't know the mechanics. But when you know the mechanics, you can hit it every time. So good. I mean, I remember hearing you um, talk about that for the first time, and it just hit me between the eyes. I was like, wow, that just makes so much sense because – you know, like a lot of people, like I'm, I'm an ideas person. I get ideas. And then my first step is to just start doing stuff. Do, 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 set things up, tell people, talk to people, you know, <laughs> and then ideas dead or the moment, <laughs> the momentum dissipates and yeah. it's all over Red Rover. But I just love that process. And I think, um, it's a real weapon. I think if more believers understand that, I can only I can't even imagine what's going to be built in the natural, what the fruit of that could be. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, I, I kind of am that kind of person too. It's like, if you give me something at the problem or business, I bet you I could just 
knock out, this is how you get implemented, like this. And the Lord's saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Just like you said. And I had to learn to slow it and then just incubate that thing in prayer. And I'm not giving a time period for this. You can, I, I, so everybody's different, you know, like it could take you three months or three weeks or three, I don't know what the, you know, gestation period is. I'm not saying for every business you need to spend less nine months in prayer. That's not what it's about. It's about under listening to the Holy Spirit, building with him, building it in prayer, sitting with him and listening to his leading about his timing. Because I do believe that you can get to some incredible places in accelerated time periods. So don't, don't let me, don't let this be a conviction and oh, an excuse to procrastinate and not move, right? Oh, I'm just still praying about it. You know, I'm just saying this is just the mechanics. You, you listen to the Holy Spirit about when you get to those, those stage gates. Awesome. So as someone who is a, a builder of worlds, you know, fixer of problems, what, is, what does the immediate future look like for you as the world is shaking right now? It feels like it, it's, a, it's a pivotal time for, for someone with a calling like yours. Yeah, so um, one of the things that the Lord uh, – so the first the – first, I'll, I'll give you that answer in a lot of different ways. Sure. The first one is education and um, helping people, uh, just, just transferring a lot of the revelation that the Lord has given me. That's been a big – uh, item that God has had on his heart for me for like the last, last year or two. And I have been incredibly slow at taking that up because I feel like there's so much kingdom business content out there and there's so many people doing it and they do a great job that I don't, you know, I just, I just want to do something different. You know, I just am not that interested. And I just feel like, I just have so many barriers to trying to be a teacher of this kind of stuff because I'm teaching to a population of people who know um, more than they will actually use. Like Christians are just notoriously, you know, voracious appetites for knowledge that they just don't actually put to work. And I'm just not interested in being another teacher that just give out knowledge that no one uses, right? Yeah. But um, so for me, I have this one class that I'm doing. The Lord is really clear. In this class, none of it is about spirits. Uh, and none of it is about um, natural things. So I'm not going to teach you about marketing. You have a question about what to do with your business. I'm not going to answer it. It's all about building in the spirit, the spiritual frameworks, and learning how to build with Jesus and him and, like, all that stuff. So it's all a, a class that's really, really based on the spiritual component. That class has been up. This is my second cycle teaching it. I have another class that the Lord is having me to do, which is a business boot camp uh, that's rapid business and product innovation. And it's all around a product service or a new line of business, how to get that from a concept, really just completely proving it from a customer development model, business development model, profit model, revenue model, the whole thing to the point where you could take this as almost like a pitch deck to an investor or to your husband or wife or to whomever to say, yes, this is something we should put money behind and invest in. And so it's very a scientific way of actually going out to customers and, 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 and unearthing what your hypothesis are about your business because we don't realize our, that a business is actually a bunch of assumptions. Yeah. That is what a business is, yeah. okay? And so how do you dissect the assumptions that you are making and test those assumptions so that if you do put money behind this idea, you actually um, have a high degree of confidence of understanding where, where it's going to go. So that's the second business, so the, and, and it's only for people who've taken the first side. So that's, from an education perspective, something the Lord has been pressing on me. I've been, the second class, really slow about finishing it, but I'm going to get it done. Yeah. Um, from a personal perspective, it's about those opportunities I was talking about. So how do we, Daniel and I, are saving up, because we don't believe in debt, uh, that Lord's given us that mandate to not do anything in debt, and so we're saving up for a house. And I'm like, now we have all this cash. Let's put it to work. So we're looking at different asset classes, such as putting some, some things in the stock market, make it more productive. Um, we're looking at, um, like I was saying about my business, I'm just giving um, RLUX, for example. If I know I can make um, a five times return on ad spend, um, what should my budget be for my marketing? Hmm. Which, which should the budget be? A gazillion dollars, how much money I can find, right? Yeah. If I know that if I take $1 of ad and it turns into $5 and 
and I know I have pretty good margins at the end of that, so my ROI is high. Light up. It doesn't matter how much money. Right, light it up, right? Yep. The only limiting factor is my inventory, right? So um, now we're in that place where we're able to fine-tune that. So I think over the next, um, it's, it's going well so far, but I think over the next 60 days to 90 days, I'm going to have a customer acquisition model that is super, super solid. We're going to work through that, get my next run of inventory, which is like five times as much as I did on my first production run, and then just go from there. Um, and so that's the question, right? You're asking from a business perspective yeah. what we're doing. And um, for another business, our strategy is to get into retail. So we're proving the model that we can turn over sales in different geographical locations. And I think by the fall, we're looking at trying to get retail placement for this tax-free business that we have. And with the ministry, we are really moving towards uh, uh, getting more coaches on our platform to help people. And we have some graduating, but we're also doing a self-deliverance portal where you don't have to book Dan DeBall for an hour. You actually can hear him with the videotape, do a little short diagnostic to see what your issues are, and do a, a diagnostic so you can have self-help, and it's free, and so a lot more people can be helped. So. The point is, we're using this as a time to actually invest, to um, put money to work, to put the ideas to work. While everyone's retreating, we are absolutely moving forward. I love it. And um, I mean, just to um, highlight your teaching aspect, you're right, there is a stack of kingdom business content out there, but I, I think what you're doing is is really unique because what what i find with a lot of the christian business content is it's it's a it's a title and not much else and then you go in there and they real they just teach you skills natural skills how to market how to do this how to do that when and this this sounds harsh but if that's what they're teaching i can go and get that from the world and it will be better and that's that's just a harsh the harsh reality. So no, I just encourage you to just keep going with that because it's just, it's so good. But I guess as we, um, as we look to, to wind up the convo, I'm just keen to, to get some of your weapons to equip listeners. I'm asking um, all of my guests these questions. The first one is, what is your one daily habit that you'd recommend for our listeners to get on the front foot every day? Mm, I think that, um, this is simple, but praying. And when I say praying, I mean um, getting quiet before the Lord and asking him, what are we doing today? And if it's a business, um, the habit of uh, treating Jesus like a board of director. And even if you don't have incredible seeing ability, you know, just write down some of the decisions that you need to make around your business that are like really hard decisions. This manufacturer, this marketing company, should I do this or that? Should I do Facebook ads or Instagram ads? Whatever it is, take that and ask the Lord, yes, no, one, two, three, you know, write it down. So really get um, into the face of God and get the word of the Lord for that day, I think is an incredible habit. I also think that... Um, I, I, I try to get to a, a place every day where I am sitting, even if it's five minutes, where you are sitting in, sitting in your position. I call it mountain, but um, essentially getting, shifting your consciousness and awareness to your seat, your, your seat in heavenly places. Under, because it's so easy to think that we are just going around this world trying to do something for God. Um, and it's a very different thing to understand that we are kingdom citizens with an enormous amount of resources as ambassadors. And that's something that you can lose focus on all, every 24 hours. And so if you can just sit before the Lord and just get and just shift your focuses, I'm not saying, cause you're already there. Do you see how I'm saying not go to heaven? I'm saying shift your focus to the, your focus, focus to the awareness of your seated position in heavenly places. It's a powerful place to execute all of your kingdom business, all of your work, all your decisions from that place of rest and from that place of seating. Now, I'll just say this. Sorry, I know we have to wrap up, but the Lord said to me very clearly, you know, what you're transitioning to is when you were in your corporate environment and you were doing things the old way, you would, talk, you would rest. You would actually go on vacation. 
just to go back into toiling. Mm. The whole think about it. You yeah. would say, "Oh, I'm going to take a vacation so I can get back to work." So you spend a week on a vacation resting. You rest in order to toil. But what God wants from the kingdom, from kingdom citizens, is to toil and labor to get into rest. Wow, yeah. It's the complete opposite. It's actually, let's labor to enter into God's rest, not rest in order to enter into labor. And that is a shift you have to continually make. And so what I have found that has been one of the most successful pieces in business is to only do what God's saying to and not do anymore. So I actually do a lot more resting in him than I do output and activity. And that requires that discipline to not do stuff, because I am a doer of stuff. <laughs> I just like to do stuff. Requires an awareness of the place from which you're doing it, right? It requires you to go back to the original mandate. So that's, is that helpful? I know it's a lot. Oh, so thing. good. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking how I can apply that in my life ASAP. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. <laughs> um, now, there could be, you know, a, a million different verses that you'd pull out, but what is, what's one that would stand out, a verse of inspiration, particularly for someone that might be going through a, a challenge or um, a tough time at the moment? Um, I love the verse, um, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water who brings forth fruit in his season, whose leaves shall not wither and whatsoever he does shall prosper. I love that. I love that, right? And particularly in a difficult moment. I will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water who brings forth fruit in its season. Not just when you want it, not when you, but in its season, right? There's a promise this. Who leaves will not wither, and whatsoever I do, I shall prosper. That's awesome. Yeah. And we are trees of righteousness. That's us. Yeah. That is actually a, a component of our design, our trees of righteousness. Yeah, brilliant. What about a worship song? Anything that comes to comes to mind or that's sitting at the top of your playlist at the moment? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there's, I go through cycles, but I love elevation worships. I'm going to see a victory. Has that come to you, to, to you guys yet? It's, a, yeah. um, it's an EP, that song, yeah. So I love that song. I'm going to see a victory. That's great. Now, I know this is the one that is hard. Uh, now, I'll typically ask a, a book that you'd recommend, but I'm going to change it slightly for you. What, what's a book that's just had a powerful impact on you? And I don't, I don't care whether it's a Christian-based book or a other, I don't care what genre. Just tell me a book that's really impacted you. Okay, so I'll give you two. One non-Christian and, and one Christian. <laughs> uh, when I was uh, uh, in college, uh, go- high school going to college, uh, I read The God Chasers. And I, I had already had some really incredible encounters with the Lord where I, had just, I, I was really laid out under the power of God for like hours and hours. I had to get carried to my car. It was just full on. And that book really just deepen my passion for the Lord in ways that I, I saw him and just move in, in just incredible, powerful signs and wonders just through that um, inspiration of God Chasers. That was an awesome book. Um, I could say Dan's book. I could plug uh, Higher Dimension, Parallel Dimensions in the Spirit Realm. That's one of Dan's books that I read. And that book was um, incredibly powerful for me to understand the spiritual mechanics of, of stuff. Um, um, I like another book, but I'm just going to move on from that. One book that I've read recently, it was last year, two years ago, was called Homegoing. And it was about, um, it was about two kind of families or in it juxtaposition of African American and African, um, uh, family line and how they, um, intertwined and how their experiences were different. And at the end of that book, I literally cried for about 45 minutes. <laughs> it was wow. just so powerful. It was just so powerful and just the whole, how beautifully they summed up that whole experience. I mean, literally, Dan thought something was wrong with me, and I was just like, it, it was just very, very moving. That that book was probably the most moving in, in a long time. Yeah. So good. Now, as we finish up, Christian, I wonder if you're okay to um, to release a prayer of impartation for, I mean, you've covered so much good stuff. It would just be great if you could uh, yeah, finish off with, with a prayer for our listeners. Sure. And uh, what topic, impartation in what way? I think could- maybe... I don't know. So, uh, whatever you would want to release based on what we've talked about, um, 
whatever. Your call. Okay. So, Father God, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, and we just uh, we bless every person who is listening to this podcast. Father God, we thank you, O oh God, that the books are being opened, that the scrolls are being distributed and delivered to every human spirit. Father God, we thank you for people who have been in a place of slaveship, who have um, not understood your perfect design for their lives, who have been operating uh, under lies, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that those lies are being overturned in the name of Jesus. We thank you that false judgments, false pronouncements, false mantles are lifting in the name of Jesus and the angels are coming alongside people and reminding them of the assignment, reminding them of the scroll and reminding them of the destiny they have in the earth. We thank you, oh God, that there will not be aborted dreams. We thank you that there will not be miscarriages of purpose and destiny. We thank you, Jesus, oh God, that you will have your way in their lives. We thank you for refreshing and renewing passion to pursue the things of God. Father God, we thank you, oh God, that you will give them a hunger and thirst for righteousness because you say in your word that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. And so we thank you, oh God, that the kingdom of God and the revelation of, of its magnitude is coming upon its listeners and those who have business ideas that have yet to come to fruition, that you're reminding them of those business ideas. I thank you that you're giving them revelation on key contacts and people to reach out to. I thank you, O oh God, that you're giving them a revelation of funding, Jesus. I thank you, O oh God, that you are opening up a realm of wisdom uh, to them so that they understand how to walk out their scrolls. We thank you, O oh God, that there is an overlay of the realm of the miraculous so that time and constraints of this natural world are no issue for their destiny. I thank you, O oh God, that there was a recommitment to purpose. I thank you, O oh God, that there was a recommitment to your agenda and that people begin to deal with the heart conditions that they have that are keeping them from moving forward. And so we pray all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow. Oh, so good. Christian, I've loved our chat. Um, I could... I could sit here and drill questions at you for hours, but I won't put you through that because it's a Saturday night where you are. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just look, thanks so much. Um, yeah. For, for being so generous with your time, I'm going to include in the show notes um, some links to your teaching and how people can sign up. Cause I think uh, that's a really good next step for listeners that, um, that want to go further with this. Um, yeah. So thanks so much. Absolutely awesome. And we also have a podcast, uh, a Christian business podcast, and it's found under Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall Station. We, we do it once a month at the end of the month, and um, you can just listen in on all types of uh, encouraging words. We have all different types of uh, guests, but it's really cool. Yep, I'm loving it. So yeah, definitely subscribe to that one as well. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. God bless everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. And I'm keen to connect with you, hear how you're doing, and also send you some free resources. Make sure you sign up at supernaturalbusinesspodcast.com and you'll hear from me soon.